All right. Hello. Welcome Please. to Are you are you recording? No, I'm recording. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome Please. to episode what? Uh 5? Five? 5. Oh yeah. my god. 5. 5. Um, 5. Yeah. You want to talk about the playoffs? I, I, no, I'm, I'm not mind. sure. I'm not sure. I don't sure. know. Some people might get that right. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> you want to talk about the playoffs? Not this year, my friend. Not this year. It's not going to happen right. this year. Um, can you – I saw a funny meme uh, before we even get started uh, this morning, which was they were talking about doing a uh, season without fans at the stadium, and they asked uh-huh. the Cleveland Browns about, you know, what it would be like. Um by the way, we're from Pittsburgh, so uh, we don't – we're not – Black and gold. Necessarily uh, – I don't like the Browns. Yeah, no. that's what I thought too. Okay. No. Yeah, mortal enemies. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get started today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, by the way, uh, welcome to Loud Dispatch uh, with your hosts. Mark. And Cheech. Uh, sorry, we we got sidetracked like like forty seconds into it already. We're already in the zone. <laughs> we're, we're already in the zone. What are you drinking tonight? Um, Johnny Walker Black, some scotch. Ooh. Scotchy, scotch, scotch, scotch. Ooh. Gotta love my scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. That's what I had scotch. for breakfast. Scotch. It's so good. Oh yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get started, we'd like to thank our our sponsor. Uh, our sponsor today is Sweaty Balls. You just love rolling those sweaty balls around in your mouth. They're so tasty and delicious. Ah, oh, you can't have enough. Normally, you can fit at least two in there. Two sweaty balls. This is his sponsor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Mark has no idea, and and this is. This is going to be a segue into uh, our they topic. Sponsor me. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Wait. Wait. Before we do this, we got to talk about something very serious before we get into our topic. Okay. 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 Fucking murder hornets. <sighs> Have you seen these things? Yeah. Yeah. They're like they're like uh, up to two inches in length, a quarter yeah. inch stinger. Like it's. I mean, watch Coyote Peterson get stung by one. He puts it top of his pain index. So I'm a little scared right now. Not gonna I lie, I, I bought a I bought a 45 just for that. Um, <laughs> You're gonna need bigger, like <laughs> or wind bag. We're gonna need to pick these things off the trees and shit. Yeah, I'm kidding. I don't I don't own a gun. I I don't. I'm not. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about my thoughts later. Yeah. Well, well, well this this is gonna <laughs> come to that. That's another art form. It, it is. It actually is. So that's why I said we we will get into this. Um, but yeah, murder hornets. I think next are squiggers, squirrel tigers. But mm, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I heard. This is some Bible uh, plague type shit, though. So everybody, be good. <laughs> yeah, I, I I heard in Zootopia everybody gets together, but somebody gets night howlers. And anyway, I'm spoiling yeah, yeah. shit. Jumanji, um, what? Right, okay. right. <laughs> um, all right, we can proceed. Please. So anyway, so getting back, so so this is kind of like segueing into today's like kind of uh, video podcast, and we're doing like we just want to do some social media for you. We want you to know what we're all about. Uh, these mm-hmm. are all going to be up as podcasts eventually. Here, we want to get like a nice like following. You know, please check them out. Please comment. Like, we really want to hear from you. If you're like, dude, you guys are so wrong. Like, you you suck. Like, you're terrible. Like, just go yeah. home somewhere. If like, we're terrible, we want to know. But we challenge you to tell us actually why so that we can get better. That's no, I don't, I don't even care. I'm still going to stick the same <laughs> way. Just be like, yo, fuck you. Like, whatever. You suck. Um <laughs> That was mean. I didn't mean that. Um, But to segue, uh, so that was from an SNL skit with Alec Baldwin and and like a whole bunch of other like people uh, where they talked about Alec Baldwin was a radio host on a TV, on like a radio show. And he had these two girls that made chocolate balls uh, and their last name was Shweddy. And so they called them sweaty balls. And it is like, you have to watch, just YouTube it, 
Sweaty balls. You will laugh your ass off. Alec Baldwin is hilarious. He's just like, mm, I love to uh, to roll your sweaty balls around in my mouth. And <laughs> sometimes I can fit two, maybe three sweaty balls in my mouth. And they're like, mm. they're like, mm, yeah, that that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, like totally straight. It's weird, um, but funny anyway. Okay. So. So segueing into today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, media and like film, cinema, where it's coming, where it's going uh, briefly, because this is like, there's so much that we could talk about on this that like, I like, we really can't get, get into like straight details. So let's start with like some basics. Okay. So Mark, I know you're not like too familiar with cinema, but we're gonna start with some basics here. So the actual like first recordings, there used to be a toy that they made up, and what it was was a circle with slots in it, and then they did drawings on paper, and they would put them in there, and they would spin it around, and the drawings would actually kind of like a flip book, only with a rotator. Okay. You're actually talking slideshows, ancient slideshows. Yes, Think about like the slide projectors. Yes. And are you talking? Is this Asian culture? I would guess. No, this was America. Uh, this was America, I was gonna, dude. I would imagine like, the Asians came up with that. That's smart. I, I no, this was America. Okay. Like this was an American toy. Okay. And it was it was a round circle that was hollowed out, and it just had like slits in the side. Yeah. So it kind of looked like a flip book. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as oh, yeah. you were spinning it around, and, and like I said, it was a kid's toy. Well, eventually somebody got this great idea, and they were like, "Yo." if we could do this, we could like make movies, like straight up, like tell stories, right? Automate the flipping of the images and everything. Right. Yeah. So. Hair by COVID-19, just so everybody knows. By this point, yeah. By this point, we have already <laughs> had film for many, many years, okay? okay? It was just a matter of making it from a single shot, like a still shot, to multiple frames per second. Because the human eye can see at 18 frames per second, which is why like, video is technically 29.997 frames per second. Film is 24 frames per second. And old school film used to even be even shorter than that. It'd be 16 frames per second, which means that whenever you're watching an old movie, like brought back to times, they, they look like they're sped up. It's because they were shot at 16 mil, like frames per second. And then when they put them out there, they put them out there at 24 frames per second, which speeds it up. So is that why when you watch old black and white films, you actually see the flicker? Because yeah. they're shot slower than the human eye is capturing images. So we're capturing some of those blanks if in our image, our brain image capture at 18 frames per second. Yeah, we're talking like very, very, very old video. But yes, yeah. that, okay. like, yeah. like you, you could see that flicker if it's played back at regular speed. You know what I mean? Like Understood. Okay. So now we move into this like and again i'm giving this a very abridged version so that we can get through this and talk all kinds of fun stuff so now we start to discover that we can like shoot on like different kinds of film like at first it was 35 because that's what cameras used like they used all different kinds of film but like 35 started to become the standard like 35 okay. millimeter okay and a millimeter means from corner to corner, which a lot of people get confused because they think it means from like side to side, top to bottom, whatever. It's corner to corner. So that's how you register like- Just like a TV screen is measured. Exactly. Frame rate. Okay. So your, your frame size, right? They were like, all right, well, we got to make this like easier. And this is something that I would also like to bring up in the music portion of it, we brought up like how trends are, right? Like they come up and down and go up and down and go up and down. Mm -hmm. Okay, so same idea. So we start on 35 millimeter, we start producing these films. Super expensive because we don't have film that's like actually, what it is is silver halide on like celluloid film, like celluloid, like just like blank film. And the silver halide then hits light turns into a negative which is what you create and then you create a positive from your negative this is how yep. photography works okay yes and photography 101 yes but you you all might not have so yes right right 
So we move into like, okay, no, like not everybody can shoot like 35 millimeter film, obviously, right? And they're like, well, we can create something for consumers. Let's do 16 millimeter and eight millimeter, right? Like granted, these are years apart. So keep that in mind. You know what I mean? Like first 16 millimeter, then we went to eight millimeter and that was for like mainly home consumption. But on a film reel, you'd get maybe like only a few minutes. So you'd have to keep changing film reels every time. And if it got exposed to light, then you lost the entire film reel. So it yep. was like all these like crazy things that you had to go through just to shoot a video at like 16 frames per second. And even at that, you're only getting like a few minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But people still did it. And this is with no sound. Now, the reason why film is so grainy at that too is because it was also just sprinkled on there. So they took the silver halide, they ground it into a powder, and then they sprinkled it on like the actual like celluloids. Okay. So when the light hits it, it doesn't necessarily like get an accurate, accurate like picture. But when you take a 35 millimeter film and blow it up to the size of like, you know, a, a cinema screen, this is going to be something that you're not even going to notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to have like great resolution and everything, right? So let's talk about cinemas for a second, right? We talked about yeah. movies and why they were being made. Cinemas were actually started, they were called Nickelodeons. And Nickelodeons, you would go to the, to a movie theater for a nickel, you would see commercials, you would see ads, you would see mainly the news, to be honest with you. You would see the news. You'd go there, okay. see the news, and then like maybe like see like a few cartoons, maybe like some shorts, you know what I mean? Because they yeah. realized that like animation was easy, like drawing pictures and stuff was easy. It was kind of like a flip book, but like it took a long time to do because you had to picture, like take a picture of every picture. Um, all right. Charlie so then, what's that? Hi, Charlie. How you doing? Did you freeze? You froze. You no, froze you froze. Like, no, you froze. We both froze. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Internet connection's unstable. Wee. All right, so we're going to fast forward a little bit. So then, like, you know, production companies realize, like, hey, we could make movies, like, feature-length films like we could make plays and like operas and stuff mm -hmm. and actually make them movies and people would come to see them and pay money to see them and this is how production houses got started this is how cinemas got started right and we go into broadcasting as well broadcasting is a big thing because at the same time simultaneously that we're getting movies we're getting broadcasting a little bit like shortly thereafter Okay. And broadcasting was black and white. Yeah, like maybe like one, two, three channels. You know what I mean? At the at most, like you know what I mean. And it was very basic. There was no like pause button if somebody like swore. There was nothing like anything like that. And they were recording on film and then putting them out to the public. However, most people didn't have TVs. They were in black and white. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I skipped the whole part about moving sound into it, but that's just because there's a whole bunch that goes into it with Crystal Sync and everything else. And, like, so please don't think I don't know my cinema. I know my cinema. I'm just not. I'm trying to eat, Again, like, this is the abridged version. Yeah, we're Correct. doing a short. We'll recover this on our extended podcast once we can be together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this at another point. So, okay. So now we're doing broadcasting, right? We got sound. We got sound in movies now. You know what yep. I mean? Like, this is great. Like, But still, when you went to the theater, it would be like three, four, five reels for one movie. One movie. That means that you had to have a projectionist. And if you see that little cigarette burn that they talk about in Fight Club... Yep. That's the signal for the projection is to change, to get ready to change over to the next reel. That's okay. what that signified because okay. there would be so many reels of footage. And again, like we stated before, a reel can only hold so long of a time frame, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So then we get this great idea. We start stepping into techno technology and we're like, oh man, what if we went digital? What if we did like, like, how how cassette tapes are 
what if we did a magnetic magnetic film stock that we could actually shoot film and like then shoot like sound with a magnetic film stock sync it all together and we can make like vhs tapes right like and this became a big thing because there were two companies that were there were two main sources that were coming out at the time that was betamax and vhs betamax technically was ahead of the game because they had rca outputs they had like the digital components for it however vhs was cheaper and more appealing to the public thus because it was cheaper right then at this point now we still don't have movie rights so you can release on betamax you can release on vhs but you still need some sort of distribution to get your movie out into the theaters and then on to cassette tapes right like this is what we needed to do and you still had to have a vcr or a betamax player to do it Eventually, VHS won over Betamax, and Betamax just died out. Uh, I would like to also go ahead. Go ahead. Remember, I'm married with children. Mm. You ever watch the show? Of course. Al invested in the Betamax over VHS and uh, never ended up getting rid of it. Remember? And yeah, I grew up on Married with Children. That's one of my favorite shows. Okay. Yeah. I actually still have a. I actually still have a working Betamax machine. It's a Sony, uh, so don't even get me started on that. But my, <laughs> of course I do because I have I know, movies right? on Betamax. Um, quick little bit of trivia for you. The most movies that were produced on Betamax because they were supposed to be like family films, all kinds of different films, they actually produced like a very high percentage of pornography more oh, yeah there was more pornography made on betamax than there was actual film so keep that in mind well, so i had learned that as soon as they came out with silent films mm -hmm. instantly somebody came out with pornography right I, I had learned that recently and i forget where but yeah it was like within the next year they started throwing out nude films and stuff yeah, in film school, we actually had, like, classes about this, about, like, nude film and, like, how, like, nudity has always been, like, a thing of, like, what we do. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. And this is actually going to bring me back to a very good point. So we talk about that curve, right? VHS is on the rise. It's booming. It's kicking. We're doing so many VHS sales. There's video stores everywhere, which our kids are never going to get to experience. Uh, I know. Stores, Blockbuster. Right? Friday night going uh, to Blockbuster. Hollywood video. Hollywood uh, entertainment, man. Come on, dog. I remember you know, the little one. No, we went to this little one over by my house in South Park. And, you know, that's where we went for decades. Family video. And that's the thing. They were probably run by a family video store. Now. <laughs> What a lot of people don't know is that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of movies that are made that are blockbuster movies that have come out in theaters and you know mm -hmm. they have distribution, everything like that. But in order for someplace like a video store to purchase said movie, right, they would have to pay a purchasing fee, which was way more than actually buying the movie itself. Mm -hmm. And for movies that didn't make it, that just went straight to VHS, because this was a thing as well. If they didn't think that your movie, was, if the production company didn't think that your movie was going to do the projections that it set out for, they would just dump it straight to VHS or mm -hmm. Betamax, whatever it was. Because what's the point of putting it out in theaters when you're not going to recoup your money? You're just going to take a loss, right? Yes. So those movies actually cost a lot more to purchase the rights than they do like the big blockbusters, which I always thought was weird, but made sense, right? Made sense, made total sense. I would, I would imagine that, I would just imagine that the lack of distribution would make the cost rise. Right, there's, there's a lot of different things and that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly what it was. So let's skip ahead a little bit, just, just a tiny bit, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have VHS. VHS is doing well, but televisions are now changing. Televisions are now going to flat screens, not flat screens as we know them, but flat what was called theater screens, okay? And what that was was a different screen size where instead of being a four by nine or a, yeah, a 
four by nine, it was 16 by nine. So it was just like, it's the same thing, but a different aspect ratio. It was longer, which are widescreen instead of like the top and bottom. All right. Yeah. It, yeah. it used to be four by three or something like that. Yeah. It was and then four, it went, four, three, and then it went to um, 16 by nine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, I'm not. I have to look it up. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the long story short is, is film itself again is measured from corner to corner. So if you have that, you're cutting off the sides to get it. That's why whenever you watched a VHS tape at the beginning, it would say modified to fit your television set. And you get the black lines on top and bottom. Holy hell! No, yeah. that was before that. When it when it would have that graphic that just said modified to fit your television or viewing screen yeah right? okay 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 so gotcha now tvs change tvs want more clarity they want more this more that so now we step into a world of what's called dvd mm. now this is actually before we get to dvd i would like to talk about laser disc the Gosh. idea of putting a movie on a disc right because cds were big at this time yeah. the idea of putting movies on a disc and not having to work with tapes like vhs tapes svhs there was high eight super eight i mean there were so many different brands so many different types so many different kinds of cameras home cameras because they wanted people to have home consumption that was the mm -hmm. whole point of it right mm -hmm. so they were like, let's come up with some kind of form of, of disc. And the first form they came up with was like laser disc. There was actually a form before that, but laser disc was the one that really took the cake, right? Laser disc was the one that caught off, got off the ground. And laser disc was, it was funny because if you were watching an hour and a half movie, you literally had to turn the laser disc over to watch the second half of the movie. Okay. I do remember that, I think. It was kind of like a cassette tape. They were about the size of a record. They were huge. They were massive. Never caught on because it was way too expensive. People yeah. didn't like it. So then we come up with DVD, the digital video disc, right? <clears throat> DVD was amazing because not only could you skip ahead like different parts of the movie, but you didn't have to rewind. You didn't have to rewind your VHS tape yeah. to get to the beginning of it. This was crazy. It was like a CD, but a movie. And you had extras. You had all these different things. You had Easter eggs. You had bonuses. You had things that you could add to it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of storage capability. Lots of storage capability, and it just got bigger. And we were like, oh, man, the clarity, first off, clarity is based on, like, the lines of resolution that you have. The lines of resolution that you have, the higher the lines of resolution that you have, that's lines upwards and downwards and side to side is typically how it's measured. So when you have, Usually like. pixels per square inch, PPI. You're right. PPI, correct. You're yeah. absolutely correct. The higher the PPI, the better the clarity. Now, how many how many pixels of light you have per inch on your screen? Now, let's not get this confused with uh, megapixels, all right? With cameras, megapixels, right? Megapixels with cameras, yes, they do define clarity. However, they're mainly for blowing up. It's kind of like the same idea with like film, right? Which is another thing that I wish I would have went to, but I didn't go to. We'll come back to that later. Um, so at this point, a few years prior to VHS, Kodak came out with a brand of film. I think we froze again. So I'm, I'm sorry to be jumping around, but in VHS, when we hit color, we decided to go to a tour a tricolor right in like the 80s so if you look at 80s movies there's a tricolor film and the tricolor film was weird because it was like three colors but they tried to make all these different colors and you notice that like the reds were blown out the blues were blown out there was like weird sepia tone colors but one thing that kodak did that revolutionized the game was instead of just like grinding up the silver halide and putting it on film they actually diamond cut it so that it fit directly on there and made what is now megapixels. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So think right. about that for a second, right? <clears throat> Kodak, very smart. Now, <clears throat> so we're at DVDs, right? We got this clarity. We got, you know, more clarity. We got our flat screen, huge ass TVs. We got our DVD players. We got our bonus footage, all this stuff. This goes on for years. Every movie pretty much gets converted on DVD because everybody has a DVD player. You can make bootleg DVDs. You can burn them. You can do it all, whatever you want with them, right? They're like CDs, but like, you know, with movies. So now it's like, okay, we're going to step the clarity on televisions again. Okay. Wave. The, the media wave, right? Art comes in waves. This is what happens. So now television is like, well, obviously we have to up our game, right? So they up their game to the flat screen television, right? The And at first it was plasma or L... I don't want to say it was LCD. LCD. Liquid LCD. Yes, liquid crystal display. That is yep. correct. Plasma or LCD television. They had a very high... Um, clarity rating but they also had a very very high contrast rating which is something that we don't talk about enough contrast is the blackest black to the whitest white how many colors you can fit in between this is what so the more colors that you can fit in between the higher contrast rate hdr is a hyper dynamic contrast rate is what that stands for okay so they're going to have very high-end, like, crazy colors that are blown out. Not blown out, but, like, very sharp, vivid, live colors, okay? Um, so now we have these TVs that are set up for CD, DVD. Like, what is this? The DVD doesn't even match the TV quality. So now it's like, well, here we go. Now we have to do something about this, <clears throat> which to some people may remember this, to some people may not. There was a competition again, like Betamax and VHS, right? Mm -hmm. For what could be next. And we hit HD DVD and Blu-ray DVD. Okay. Now both had the capability of having, way more memory so you could put way more clarity way more complexity to it um a bigger soundtrack which is something that's that's not really talked about a lot in the music industry but we right. went yeah we went from like 3.1 or just like a standard you know setup to 5.1 on dvd as well uh blu-ray went i think to 7.1 if I'm not mistaken, but don't don't quote me on that. And HD DVD, same thing was like it was up there as well. Okay. So HD DVD technically, I don't want to say better, but it was more expensive. Okay. And what they did this time around, because again, we're looping it right. We went from you know. Uh, VHS and Betamax and they were like well we can just make movies on both this time around they were like no 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 you gotta buy the rights to the movie so if HD DVD wants the rights to the movie you have to buy those rights if Blu-ray wanted the rights to the movie they were like you have to buy the rights meaning that you cannot release this on HD DVD for an extended amount of years vice versa right yeah. because they knew that what happened Exclusive was to which whichever one yeah correct because with h with dvd everybody was like well, we're converting everything now like dvd blu-ray you know what i mean like yeah vhs uh you know it doesn't matter whatever we're converting whatever we want needless to say blu-ray beat out hd dvd for a number of reasons uh one because it was cheaper this was something that was going to happen okay it has very very high ratings it there was more more opportunity to do with blu-ray what you can so to give you a quick breakdown blu-ray is used 
using blue laser beam, okay? Mm -hmm. CD, DVD, uh, they're both red-gray. If you look at a wave, light wave on a spectrum, right? Red-ray is a big kind of arc. Blu-ray is half the size of that, okay? So, so red in the light spectrum, red is a much longer wavelength. Correct, then, correct. And it, go, it goes from red, infrared light, down and up to ultraviolet, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and throughout all different colors. So there's also, there's, we only see a very small spectrum of the light waves, the light, you know. Correct. Light spectrum, just so everybody is aware. Correct. You can't see infrared, you know. Okay, please. But Blu-ray laser, right? is half the size so we can fit double the amount of information on there right yeah and there was even talk about increasing the size of the blu-ray so that you could flip it over and actually have like laser disc and like have two sides to it but it, it never came to that because there was so much space you could fit better music tracks but higher quality like you know infrastructure to the movie now, this is where we start to step out of film because up to this point, up to DVD, we're still shooting on film, actual celluloid film. We have digital media. We have mini DV. We have, you know, straight recording to CD. Regardless, we're still shooting on film, which is 24 frames per second, all right? Whereas digital is 29.997. So you have what's called a frame drop, which we'll come into in another portion of it, all right? Um, so my point being is that Blu-ray is shot digitally. Like when you shoot HD and you shoot like that, it's shot digitally. So it's already programmed to shoot either 30 frames per second, which is European or 29.997. Either way you look at it, it's 30 frames per second, basically. Now, fun fact, if you look at your video games, look at your frame rates on your video games, because your video game frame rates are very, very, very high. And that's because you need to see that. You need to see the clarity. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what they're making up for. Um, so, anyway, so now we're at Blu-ray, right? We're like, oh, Blu-ray's the shit. Now I got to buy everything that I had on VHS and DVD onto Blu-ray. This kind of sucks, but whatever. It is what it is. Endless cycle. Right. People start buying Blu-ray like crazy, right? Now... Here we are years down the line. What's next? We have iPods. We have iPads. We have computers that we take with us. Our cell phones are 4K capable. Like, what the hell? Television stepped their game up, right? We have the curved screen. We have 4K HD, right? Like, mm -hmm. ultra definition. Like, oh, my God. Okay, so now we have to release some sort of new form, which we like to call streaming media yep. streaming media has been around for a while however streaming media now means that you can stream in 4k and that's the only reliable device that you can get it on is like a computer or a television or one of those sources that like can actually repeat 4k mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so again the archetype the television changes the media changes right this is yep. what we go to this is how this works. And this is going to be the cycle of the future. Now, in this regard, I would also like to point out that throughout time, every time media has changed, pornography has changed as well. Gotta Super, follow the trend. Super 8, 16, 35, Betamax, VHS, DVD. Streaming. Blu-ray, streaming. All right, now this is... The reason that I'm pointing this out, right, and people may be like, why are you pointing it? Like, you're trying to get laughs, ha, ha, ha. No, because no. this is this is actually, right. <laughs> this is actually one of the biggest parts of, like, entertainment, believe it or not, is sex. Sex sells. The yeah. next thing, the next thing is children. But that's an, a whole nother ballgame. If you want to make money in, like, the video world and like the you know you, you want to get into kid stuff or porn um which brings me let's kid stuff being like children's 
shows and yes. stuff. Yes, yeah, 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 porn, yeah. Way other spectrum. Let's not Total. say kids stuff or porn. Total, Total other together. spectrum. Yes. Totally no. other spectrum. We're both parents. Total other spectrum. Pornography, Real Real pornography, big thing. Kids stuff, also big, like kids, children's program. Barney, Sesame right. Street. Yes, okay. Our, our man Fred Rogers fought hard for our kids to actually Fred, have this. Right? If you haven't seen the movie. I haven't yet. What's it? Uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is amazing. Go check it out. Yeah, and that's that's my point. So now that we've talked about like media across the ages, right? Let's talk about the future of media. Uh, so I was reading a comment, which actually it was a post from a friend of mine. His name is Mike Hit of Middle Class Millionaire Studio. It's a recording studio. If you don't know Mike Hit, definitely hit him up check him out he's on like pretty much every social media thing i don't know how this dude does it he like just knows everybody everything everywhere everything uh and he was referring to the woman that got fired uh she was a mechanic that had a fans only page on instagram okay okay so i had this conversation with a couple of different people and it's weird to me to think that before it was like, you are not allowed to look at my wife naked. Oh my God. Right? Like we can watch porn together, but you cannot do this. <clears throat> okay. I think that fans only and like amateur porn sites and things like that are going to be a new thing, like a new common place item going viral going streaming and the reason that i bring this up is because pornography is such a big part of what we do right and if you look at like a big part of like the media aspect of it now you look at children's programming you have like noggin you have like kids like fitbits you have like uh all these different like you know kids ipads i mean like so there's already like been social devices out there for them hell our kids are being homeschooled right now you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. So, so my point being is that it's not going to be uncommon in the next few years for this to be a thing like for you know people to have this and th me saying this having a daughter i'm not okay with this but i understand that media needs to change I understand okay. things need to change, right? Like, I get that. So, if we follow the archetype of how things work, right? Streaming media, 4K TVs, this is like, what's next? What is the next thing? Now, when I was in college, what I thought was 3D or holographic television, right? I thought that that would be something that would if you could create a television with a foreground and a background and a third ground, you would have depth of field, which is what creates like, you know, these beautiful images and beautiful shots, depth of field. Look it up. If you're not sure what it is, it's creating a background and a foreground and everything in between. Right. Okay. My point being is that if we could create, I, I, feel like the next wave of televisions is going to be some sort we we already tried the 3d tvs with the glasses and all that bs and like never caught on it was too expensive it was too much hassle there wasn't enough stuff out there mark what are your thoughts on the next wave of tvs remember the holodeck from star trek next generation no oh you walk into this room and the room it's a holographic room. And so you get into the environment, mm -hmm. things happen around you, things happen to you. You know, um, I actually see maybe not the next step, but in the future, I think that TV is going to disappear as a passive uh, object. And it's going to be an interactive, fully interactive, immersive holographic experience where you're in it. You can walk around it. If there's, Say you're in a World War II film, right? You're on Normandy. You're on the, you know, Normandy beaches, D-Day. 
you can walk through as the bullets are whipping by, you know, knowing you can't get hurt. Uh, Virtual reality. Experience it, yes. No, no, no. Virtual reality, I'm talking about a step beyond that. You're not wearing a headset. Right. You're involved in this full, uh, you know, even smells, say, piping smells, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You're totally immersed in a world, a a digital holographic world, um, you know, and, and I don't know. Yeah. So let's talk about Google Glass real quick, because um, I know what this they call has been that augmented reality. Yes, exactly, augmented reality. Google Glass is something that is, if you're not familiar with it, it's like glasses, but you see augmented reality. So you can actually like watch movies. You can like, you know, scroll the internet, but all from like your glasses, like your actual physical glasses. And still be able to see through it, right? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm talking about when I say holographic images because it's an image on top of an image. You're seeing the foreground, like what you're actually looking at, but you're actually seeing, or the background, but you're actually seeing the foreground in the main picture here, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that could be the next step is augmented reality. Because let's face it, if you got three or four people watching a movie, right? Not everybody's going to want to look to the right at the same time. Not everybody's going to want to look to the left at the same time. Now, with that being said, there's an epi- there's a show on Netflix called uh, Black Mirror where there's an episode and in Black Mirror they actually have this like it's it's a choose your own destiny film. You remember the choose your own destiny books? Yeah, there's TV shows like that where you choose your path along the way. Right, right. Oh, so yeah, this, I've, I've seen this one. Okay, I know where you're going. Go ahead. This is something that is in in the works already. However, it's just there's so many plot lines. You know, we get the Deus Ex Machina. It's not exactly what we want. It's not. It, it's still in the development stages, and we're still in the. Is it too expensive to do this? Is it worth the payoff? You see what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like the next trend is going to be some sort of television experience or some sort of augmented reality experience. Then we are going to have to combat that somehow. I'd also like to bring up the point that if you look right across. Funniest way. I, I know I keep segueing like way through this. We start with like three channels in broadcasting, then we move up. I know you just cut the cable on your cable, but like right now, I think I have like 2,000 channels and I don't even watch like any of them, right? Like yeah. I have no idea how many channels I have. We stream like, everything. Right. You know? Now, and that's my point. So, production houses have found out that they're not making money off of movies that much anymore. What are we going to do? People aren't going to the movie theaters. People aren't going to the cinemas. What are we going to do? So they start streaming, right? That's great. However, you're not making the money back that you were because you have to also have to pay like a streaming service, right? Or, you know, your internet, your cable provider. So you start seeing a lot of these like Netflix and Hulu coming up with these original series because you have Netflix who has millions of subscribers paying $15 a month, a month, right? Let's just take 5 million of those times that by $15 a month. And you know, they have more than that. This is all money in the bank for them. Hulu is the same way. Amazon prime is, not there. I don't know how they're doing it. I have, I have no idea. My point being is that you have all these different structures that are making money and that can pay actors and producers and directors what yeah. they want to be paid as opposed to the production houses, which is why you saw such so many reboots and so many remakes because why would a production company, right, that is failing and going bankrupt and like not making as much money as it was why would you see them taking a, a guess, a gander on a script that they're not even sure if it's going to make it or not, or 
do a script that they've already done and has made them a ton of money and it, they're going to try to start a franchise out of it, which is why yeah. you saw so many remakes, right? Yeah. Now we're getting into this part where we can actually be creative again, okay? Again, this has happened all through film. This has always happened. Um, so my point being is that you're seeing a lot of these streaming services, like a lot of these TV stations that are just going to like YouTube live or Hulu live and that's your cable provider. And then you have, you know, your cable providers that are like, well, what are we going to do? And the production houses are like, guess what? We're going to buy you out, which is why you have stations like the Paramount network that can show their movies, not have to pay anybody. They already have a broadcasting channel. And they yeah. already got people involved. And if you've ever had a cable bill, you know that these people are like, all right, you got to have a phone line, you got to have a cable, you got to have TV, you got to have this, that, blah, blah, blah. If you cut all that and you just want the internet, like, they're like, what do we do? We'll just uh, throw in cable for like $5 extra a month and, you know, you have it. So it's just there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> again, cord cutting, I think, is the next thing. I think that there are some shows that are still being broadcast. You know, this we're, we're probably not going to see it for a few years yet, uh, but media moves quickly. Uh, so with that being said, I think that that's going to be the next big thing to go is going to be actual broadcasting because broadcasting has been around for forever. I'm not saying that live broadcasting is not going to be there. It's just going to be live streaming, streaming. broadcasting. Yes. Right. You see my point? So, uh, we froze again. Unbelievable. Mark, buddy, are you there? Can you hear me? Buddy. Mark, what happened? Oh, no. Do I finish this myself? All right, so we're back. Uh, Mark is having some technical difficulties, so we're just going to end this tonight um, with stating, uh, you know, some final thoughts here on where media and cinema is going. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like augmented reality is like something that's going to be here soon. I mean, it is here. It's just way overpriced, and that's why no. And there's not much out there. In order to get something to catch on, there has to be a lot out there, which is why DVD caught on before HD DVD because DVD bought up most of the stock of movies. We're going to streaming, same thing. Netflix, Hulu, the whole nine. It all goes back to that. So my point being. In these final thoughts, and Mark is going to upload his final thoughts as well, uh, we're going to have like this little conversation again, I'm sure, at some point. Um, to get the final converse, the final point that I'm making here is that augmented reality, I feel like, is the wave of the future. I feel like holographic, not necessarily 3D, because we've tried 3D multiple different times. If you remember back, there was the red and green. Then we had like, you know, some kind of weird mix of colors. Then we had the 3D TVs. 3D without glasses, I just don't think it's going to be too expensive. It's not going to catch on. I feel like holographic TV is going to be the next wave, uh, as well as augmented reality. We already have virtual reality, and we're going to get there as well. Uh, with sights, with feeling, with touch. Um, because I feel like this, this is the next wave. There are actual movie theaters in different, you know, states that have theaters where you can go and you can see, like, you can experience it. You can feel the, the air. You can smell. You can, you know, feel the rumbling. Uh, and... This is something that I feel like we're missing here, you know, just yet. It's coming. Um, but again, this is my final thoughts. 
I would love to hear what everybody else thinks about this. I would love to hear what everybody's feelings are on media, where it's going, and content. Uh, I would also like to point out there's probably going to be another episode of this on just genres and all kinds of crazy stuff with when it comes to, to movies. Uh, I'm a movie junkie myself, so it, it is what it is. But I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Thank you for following us. Thank you for listening. Uh, Loud Dispatch, please check us out. We're on uh, YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're, we're all over the place. Uh, and eventually the podcast will be uploaded as well. Uh, right now we're just doing some social content. We want you to meet you. We want to meet you guys. We want you guys to meet us. We want you guys to know that we're here. We just want to have a conversation. That's it. So if you have questions, you got you know, we might be able to answer them. We might just be able to give you our opinion. But please feel free to comment away on any of these videos. Whatever it is, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. If you want to say something, speak up. That's what this is about. This is about us communicating about art about art history, about what we know, about what we think is going to happen, and anything in between. Feel free. Have fun. This is our podcast. This is our social media. This is our social content. So again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for being a part of the Loud Dispatch. And we will see you very, very soon. Have a great day.